0: Welcome to the Future of Dentistry podcast series powered by Dr. Bicuspid and Keystone Industries. In this series of seven interviews coming from the Dental Trade Alliance meeting in Bonita Springs, Florida, you'll hear from experts from around the dental industry about what they are anticipating in 2024 and beyond. Let's get started. The Future of Dentistry podcast series is powered by Keystone Industries helping dentists and dental team members with their preventive and laboratory needs since 1908. Learn more at dental.keystoneindustries.com. Hey everyone, it is Kevin Henry, the editor-in-chief for doctorbycustomer.com. We are back at the Dental Trade Alliance meeting in Bonita Springs, Florida. Uh, so glad to have on an industry leader and a dear friend of mine, that is Eric Shirley. Eric, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Eric is the president of Keystone Industries. Uh, Man, you've been in this industry for so long, overseeing so many different projects, everything else. But that's dentistry. I got to talk baseball with you for just a second. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because you played baseball at Long Beach State. You and I both share that love of baseball. And, you know, we were talking before the podcast that there's a little bit of a draw that you can make between baseball and dentistry right now. And, I mean, I, I'd love for you to just go down that path for a minute. <laughs> Well, I
1: hate using too many sports analogies, but I do love sports and I love baseball. And I think one of the many reasons I love baseball is it's always evolving. It's a very cerebral kind of game. It requires, you know, the managers and the team to almost be like a combination of good athletics or good athletes, but also like chess players. Like they've got to manage strategy and they've got to manage the game and they've got to all be athletes at the same time. And so that's one of the many reasons why I love baseball. But I was thinking about something um, just recently. And, you know, I played baseball back in the 80s and I wasn't very good, but I I loved the game a lot. Um, And so I always followed the game and I considered myself a student of the game. And one thing I used to marvel at, back in the 70s, a starting pitcher would start a game and in many cases complete the game. And yep. I was looking back at, like, in 1975, Catfish Hunter for the Yankees had 30 complete games. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, the year before that, I think Ferguson Jenkins for the Cubs had 30 complete games. The year before that, Steve Carlton had 30 complete games for the Phillies. And there was even a year, I think it was 1971, Bob Gibson start, or started 34 games and completed 29 of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And... So you fast forward, I mean, really 50 years later in the game, at least as far as that part of the game is concerned, has completely changed. So the leader this past year at complete games had three, you know, Jordan Lyles from the- from the what a drop, right? C.A. young from Marlins. He had three complete games. Crazy. 50 years ago, the leader had 30 complete games. Yeah. And so what has happened in baseball, at least as far as pitching is concerned, is that the game has changed so much, and now there's so much more dependence on the bullpen. So now, today, a starting pitcher might go five, six innings at the most. Oh yeah, and then turn the game over to the bullpen. And it's really because the pitchers that come out of the bullpen provide different looks, different speeds, different trajectories on their pitches, and they keep the hitters off balance. And so hitters don't look at a pitcher now three, four times a game. True, I look at a pitcher once a game. So it's really hard for a hitter to kind of get to know a pitcher and get to know a pitcher's tendencies and be able to react to those tendencies Uh, and so the game is managed much different and much more reliance on the bullpen and i think about that in relation to what has happened in the dental industry and it's very similar like i think today's dental practices that really understand the role of each team member in a practice and how um, each team member can contribute to the success of the practice and to the health of the patient and to providing more services for the patient. And everybody has a role in the practice, and it's not just about the dentist anymore. It's about the entire team coming together to be more effective and to provide better health care. And I think that's exactly what has happened. I love the game of baseball, you know, and I know you've been an incredible advocate for the role of a dental hygienist and the role of the dental assistant right. and how.
0: Like they all contribute to that and thank you so much for, for highlighting that because it really is important. Well, it's it's funny to me that you bring up the bullpen because, you know, I, I look at those these games and there's a guy who's like almost the designated seventh inning guy now and the eighth inning guy. But they know their roles and they do them really well. And honestly, following your analogy, that's what the dental team should be doing too. They know their roles, they know and can really focus on being the best that they can be. In that one spot, and not focusing on, I'm going to start the game, I'm going to finish the game. No, this is the job and do it the best that you can. That's right. You know, there's not a lot
1: of good things that have come out of the way the pandemic made us all rethink things. It, un- un- unbalanced, it hasn't been a good thing. But one of the things that I think was really true for the dental practice is it really forced people to think about the role of each team. Yeah. And how we communicate with patients and how we talk patients back into the environment and how we talk to the patient about a long-term look at their oral health in relation to their overall wellness. And so I think it's been really good in some ways that the dental practices who have really survived and thrived, whether that's a DSO or a small practice down the street, they've really embraced that, that concept of making sure that everybody
0: does their role to provide a much better patient experience. Well, with Eric Shirley, who's the president of Keystone Industries, talking about the dental industry at the end of 2023, heading into 2024. You know, we're, and we're here at Dental Trade Alliance meeting. This is a great group of industry leaders of which you are one. And one of the themes that I've heard throughout this has been communication, has been, you know, we just talked about bucket lists and how important that that is to not keep that a secret. And I, I think about the roles of the industry in making sure that we in the industry are telling our customers what's going on and that there's really that relationship that goes on. It's almost a two-way street between the dentist and the practice and, and those of us in the industry as well. That's true. That's definitely true. And I, I
1: think about all the people that we have in our industry that know this business really well. They're not necessarily the veterans like me. I mean, I'm an old dude, but even the young people that are in this industry really understand the complexity of a dental practice really well. Yeah, And so I think it Dentists today or a practice today has so many resources to draw upon to make sure that they understand what's happening in the market, what new technology is available to them, what new materials are available to them, what new software or data might be available to them, what new tools might be available to them to to communicate with patients and with payers and things like that. There are just so many talented people that are in this industry that can help a practice really do well it's really
0: impressive to see it it is and can we go down the road of the bridge that i really feel like that's there with the sales reps and how important that those are to both sides and the success that there is what what's one of the biggest things that you see how a dental practice should be working better with their reps or should be communicating better with their reps so that they can be kind of that business advocate for them almost
1: well i'll start with um What I think the dental practice tries to do, and, you know, most dental practice people that I talk to, whether it's the dentist, who's the owner, or whether it's a practice manager working within a DSO or a group practice, what they try and do is to have a long-term relationship with the patient. They don't want the patient to come in, deal with a specific problem, go away and never do that, they want a long-term relationship with the patient where they can monitor the patient's health, where they can see how the patient's health changes over time, where they can follow the patient through the cycle of dental care, all that stuff. They want that long-term relationship, right? That's what creates a very healthy, thriving dental environment. And so the same thing has to happen for us as either manufacturers or software providers or distributors. We've got to constantly prove our value to the practice. And so I think the the people that figure it out, whether it's on the sales side, the marketing side, the ops team, the product development people, the technology people, whatever it is, the people that figure out that they have to constantly prove their worth to the dental team, to the practice manager, to the dental hygienist, to the assistant, to the dentist, him or herself, the people that figure that out and can constantly prove their value, not just based on a sale or not just based on today's transaction, but based on a long-term relationship where they're constantly bringing value to the practice, those people are going to stick in this industry a long time. They're going to always be employed. They're always going to have a role. They're always going to have a job. They're always going to make really good money. Yep. Business. Yep. Yep. Like that's what it's all about, and I think that's what our industry tries to promote is that long-term value that those people can bring to the practice. And so I think that's what makes a difference for people. I think if they can understand that. And not be so focused on today's
0: transaction, but on a long term relationship with the packed. Yeah. That's that's where I think the magic is. That's awesome. What we've had two days of great speakers, great, you know, uh relationship building here. What's what's been a big takeaway for you from this meeting?
1: Yeah, so many. Well, first of all, it was great hearing Ed talk yesterday um, from SDM North Coast about some of the market data that he's he's showing the industry now. He's He's getting so good at being able to slice and dice the data, and the distributors are being really great about providing them the data. Nice. Um, and so I think that's great. And so him getting up there yesterday and, and showing things like merchandise growth is at almost 4% that he can forecast, you know? Now, that's excluding infection control, which has been so lumpy over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at just that core dental product line, he's looking at 3 to 4% growth for the next couple of years. That's great. That is that's fantastic, and that just shows again how healthy our industry is, how healthy the practice is for the most part. Look, there are going to be some bumps in the road, no question, and we could talk about those if you want. But for the most part, I mean, he's showing like some really good numbers, Um, and that speaks to the overall health of the dental practice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was great today with Bryant. Talking about just the overall health of the U S economy and how it's so easy for us to beat ourselves up as a nation, you know, and talk about how we're always fighting with each other and, (laughs) and then everything's so political. And I'm not saying that that's not true, that there's not something there, but it was just so refreshing to hear him say, look, we have so many things going for us. We have a healthy, growing population. We have companies and people innovating in every industry sector. Um, this is where the growth is. And yes, that provides threats to a lot of us on the manufacturing side. People yeah. are, you know, like he was saying, hey, they're coming for this market. So you're not going to be isolated anymore. But it's just so good to hear him talk about the overall health of America as a country. Um, and I think that's very
0: encouraging. So that was great to hear. Well, and we do have an economist, Brian Blue as one of these podcasts. Make sure you check that out here on Dr. dot com. Uh, Erica, this is going to, you know, let's get back to that economy type of thing, because you mentioned some of the hurdles that are coming and everything else. You know, you and I have both been in this industry for a while. Some of our listeners may be new to dentistry and, and they're kind of worried about what's to come. But do you feel like we kind of have a, dare I say, a blueprint or we have the experience to help us through whatever may be coming? I mean, certainly pandemic was a wild card, let's be honest, yeah. but economy wise, recession wise, election wise, all these different Things. Do we have that blueprint in place, you think?
1: Well, I don't know if I have the blueprint. I don't know if I have any magic, but I do know a couple of things. First of all, we've seen economic dips and valleys before, and we've seen the dental economy always be so resilient yeah. to those, those dips and those valleys. Um, we saw it in 2007 to 2009 when the rest of the world has fallen apart and the dental industry was not yeah. It was It was scary for a while, but it didn't fall apart. We saw the same thing during COVID when dental offices were told to shut down, you know, that those are, those were scary, scary days. Um, and yet, you know, we emerged as an industry stronger, I think, after that. So I guess my point is, I don't know what the exact playbook is, but I do know this, that the dental practices who understand how to surround the patient with more services, more procedures, more options, more treatment plans, better hours more flexibility better data through the use of software and technology like the practices that understand that are the ones that are going to grow no matter what and we talk about these headwinds like we talk about the the rise in interest rates and we talk about um you know losing benefits and things like that at the patient side and yes those things are real i'm not saying that they're not but i'm also saying that the dental industry has always figured those things out and they continue to evolve. They continue to innovate. And especially when you're focused around the patient experience, um, I think that's super, super key. I love that. Absolutely. All right.
0: We're going to wrap up, but I ask you the same question I've been asking everybody else as we wrap up here. What's one trend or one thing you're really looking at as we had out of 2023 and into 2024?
1: Well, on a personal level, I can tell you that I'm really excited about all the stuff I'm learning at Keystone Industries. You know, we we do a lot of 3D resin um, products and we're qualified in a bunch of different 3D printers. And so that's just an example of how I see technology kind of evolving in that space. And again, practices will figure that out. Labs will figure that out. And hopefully we're along for the ride and we're providing good products and good choices for people. So I'm looking forward to that and i'm also looking forward to once again proving that no matter how much political noise happens you know we're into an election year oh yeah and we're always told like oh yes well the election is going to dictate how happy we are well that's usually proven to be not the case especially in the dental business like it's uh, no matter who is in office no matter where that office might be um, the dental business always continues to grow and uh, people just figure it out and they keep moving forward Um, And so I'm looking forward to that. I know that it's going to, there's going to be a lot of noise the next, oh yeah, it's 12 months. And I think most of it, if not all of it is just noise. And I'm looking forward to making sure that, that dental customers, that us as the people that provide products and services to those customers can ignore all that noise and keep innovating and keep providing solutions that our customers can take to the patient. Love it. So tell people where they know more about Keystone Industries. Oh, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's KeystoneIndustries dot okay. um, We have a few different business units. You can access all of our materials and and services on that website. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to
0: seeing what the next few months bring. Absolutely, appreciate you looking at the crystal ball, my friend. Thanks for being on, Matt. Always a pleasure. <laughs> thanks for all you do, Kevin. Hey, appreciate it. Now, and thanks to all of you who've listened to this episode of the Doctor by Podcast. We'll be back with more here for the Dental Trade Alliance meeting in Bonita Springs real soon.